Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the ages of all ages, Amen. I don't know if you were uh, like contemplating this gospel reading that we just read today, but there is an incredible pattern that the Lord Jesus is giving us to learn from. Because you see how the disciples came and said, teach us to pray. So he taught them the Lord's Prayer. And every part of the Lord's Prayer is kind of like a pathway towards receiving the Holy Spirit or growing in the Holy Spirit or for the work of the Holy Spirit to be mighty in our lives. This is, this is what we, we uh, ought to be praying for on a daily basis. Last week we spoke about how the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is He wanting to work with us all the time. You see, at, at the end of the Gospel, after the Lord explained to them the Lord's Prayer, or how to pray in the, the Lord's Prayer, He said, which of you having a friend coming to Him in the middle of the night saying, I'm hungry, I have a guest, could you give me bread? Who will deny? He said, because of His persistence, he will give him. And then if you have a child who's hungry and asks for a fish or asks for bread, would you give him a stone? Would you give him a scorpion? He says, of course not. You wouldn't give him these things. The Lord is saying, this is how much I would constantly be, how I'm eager to give you of my spirit. This is my eagerness, my, 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 my desire to give you of my spirit. So when I come asking for the Holy Spirit to work in my life, there has to be a desire, a hunger. That's why the Lord said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I mean, why does a child go to their parent to ask for fish or ask for bread or ask for an egg? Because they're hungry. There's a hunger. And the parent's compassion gives them to satisfy this hunger. So come to the Lord hungry. Pray and say, Lord, grant me to acquire a greater desire for the things of the Spirit. That I may desire your Holy Spirit. That I may want your Holy Spirit. St. Jude also gives us something to think about when speaking of this. He says, you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. It's like one floor at a time. One level at a time. Praying in the Holy Spirit requesting the Holy Spirit to guide you, to be with you in your heart. Keep yourself in the love of God. Realize that He who wants to give you of Himself entirely must love you. If He wants to give you of His Holy Spirit, if He wants each and every one of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it must be because He loves us. It's not just because we are a creation and He is the Creator. It's amazing when you look at the comparison of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The moment Adam and Eve were ousted out of the garden, St. Cyril has this amazing quote, St. Cyril of Jerusalem. He says, a fiery sword barred of old the gates of paradise. Right? There was a, there was a, a seraphim with a, a fiery sword keeping the way from the tree of life. He says, a fiery tongue which brought salvation restores this gift. So the gift that was prepared for us from before the foundation of the world, 
that was kept away because of sin is being restored by a fiery tongue. That's what happened to the disciples. That's what happens on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit descends on the church and says, I am here to unite with you. I am giving you of everything I have. So again, that verse, we want to look at the, 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 mag the magnitude of the meaning behind the Lord saying these words. If you then being evil, and he calls evil here meaning imperfect. We are sinners. We are broken. We are a humanity that, is, that does not always do what's right. We need the work of God to do what's right. And yet, in spite of that, we know how to give good gifts to our children. He says, again, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So ask in faith, ask in persistence. Just like the Lord said, you see, because of His persistence, He will rise up and give Him. Be persistent. Be persistent in your request. But you say, well, I've been, bring, I've been persistent. I've asked for years, and I'm not getting what I've been asking for. It's don't stop being persistent. Don't stop being persistent. In the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 18, there's a, an incredible parable the Lord Jesus gives of this really unjust judge. It says that this man did not fear God, and he didn't regard the person of man. So he didn't care about anyone or anything. And then this poor widow kept going to him, asking him to vindicate her. Vindicate her. He would ignore her and not listen. She kept going anyway. She kept being persistent anyway. And it says that because of her persistence, he gave her. So then the Lord tells him, see what the unjust judge said. Now how much more, again, how much more will God answer your prayers, though he bears long with us. This bearing long is not in vain. This time of waiting is not a vain time. It's for a greater reason, a greater purpose. So then the Lord ends that particular parable saying, however, or when the Son of Man comes, so at the end of time, when I come back, will I really find faith on the earth? Will I really find my children persistent in their quest for holiness? St. Paul puts it very simply. He says, pursue holiness and righteousness, without which no one shall see the Lord. Pursue holiness and righteousness. Pursue peace with all men. Pursue the righteousness of God. Don't be discouraged. Be persistent, not discouraged. And trust that the Lord wants to give you of all things. St. Paul was telling us earlier today, in his Pauline, he started with this, Now may the God of hope, Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Abounding in hope. So having an overflow of hope. Now, some people read this and think, St. Paul is talking about having wishful thinking. Well, I hope so. You know, when, when people talk of hope, when they say, I hope so, when they put it in the context of their daily discussions or dialogue, you know, I have an exam coming up, I have an interview coming up, I have this, I have a trip, I have whatever it is they're going through in life, they say, well, I hope so. So, well, good luck. Oh, I hope so. And when they say, I hope so, it sounds so sad. It sounds so dead. It sounds dead. Oh, I hope so. What do you mean? Our hope in God is not wishful thinking. This hope St. Paul is speaking of here is not just some sort of wishful thinking. I hope so. When we pray and recite in, in the creed, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. This is not just, oh, I hope so. This is, we know so. Hope in Christ is a knowledge. 
It's built on your faith. So your faith in Christ. That's why it's saying just building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You have hope in whom you have faith in. And this hope does not disappoint, right? That's what we talked about last week. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And why was the Holy Spirit given to us? It says earlier in the same verse, because the love of God. Faith, hope, love. Your hope is not meant to be wishful thinking. Be persistent knowing He who loves you and what He has in store for you is only good. And this has been said to the people of old, all the way back in Jeremiah's time, when they were going into captivity for decades. It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans of good and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This hope, again, is not something that is dead. So the next time you are having a conversation with someone and they tell you, I hope so, or you say, I hope so, Take a step back and say, wait a minute, I, I know what I hope in. I know in whom I have believed. His hope is not a dead hope, it's a living hope. He does not disappoint. When he says, I want to give you my spirit, that means he wants to take us from earth to eternity. From, from living carnally to living spiritually. St. Paul goes on to say, for we were saved in this hope. So wait a minute, so we were saved in this hope. So it sounds like hope sounds like it's something to come, but you're saying we were saved already, some, something in the past. That's why he's saying the salvation of God is an assurance. Hold on to that hope. But hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I promise you, this is not a contradiction. St. Paul is not contradicting himself. He's trying to raise our understanding of the meaning of hope. That hope is not with a question mark. Hope is with an exclamation mark, an exclamation point, with an assurance of what is to come. What's the proof? People say, that's why I think it was St. Cyril who said, it's so amazing because this love is so great, it risks being disbelieved by some. How can God love us so much? How can we, how can we have this kind of hope? He says the proof again is very simple. He says, God demonstrates His own love toward us. And that, that while we were yet sinner, sin, still sinners, Christ died for us. The death of Christ on the cross was an assurance of the hope of love that He has for each and every one of us. And He says, I want you to live with that exact same hope. It's a living hope. Again, don't say, I hope so, with a sound of uncertainty. Say, I hope so, with a declaration of assurance with a bold confession. That's why St. Paul says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's an evidence, you can't see it, but you know it. And because of that hope, that eagerness for it, you wait for it with perseverance. St. Peter was telling us, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope. You see that? A living hope, not a dead hope. This is not dead a living hope for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So this hope is reserved in heaven for you. That's why the Lord says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, would, I, would not, I wouldn't have told you. I would, I'm only telling you of the good things to come. 
So we, we need to develop something to have this kind of hope, this persistence, this desire, this great zeal for the Holy Spirit. We have to develop a teachable spirit ourselves. We have to want. We have to be teachable. We have to be coachable. What does that mean? When you look at the difference in a classroom of students, when the teacher is teaching them or the coach is coaching a team, there is the, 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 the player on the team or the players on the team, or the students in the class, there are those who are eager, willing, wanting. And there are those who are stubborn, hard-headed, hard-hearted. And they inhibit the work of the coach or the work of the teacher. The Holy Spirit says, be teachable, be coachable. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. That's why in the psalm of the gospel today, it was a different version here, but this is what it says. We pray this every morning in the first hour of the Agbeya. The last psalm of the first hour, Psalm 142 or 143, says these words within it. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Why are you eager for the Holy Spirit? Because he's good. The spirit of God is a good spirit. Desire is only good for you. Lead me in the land of uprightness. So let's pray for this together. Let's hold on tight to it. Let's hold on tight to it. St. Paul tells us, and I leave you with this, and this is where the work of the Holy Spirit in the church is me and him and us together in him, supporting each other, reminding each other of these things, lifting each other up that the Spirit of God may be alive in the church, not just a theological understanding or a, a theological definition, but a living work, just as he worked in the early church and he continues to work from generation to generation. You know how in the end, near the end of the liturgy, what do we say after the priest has prayed the memorial for those who have departed? And we say, we are sojourners in this place, keep us in your faith and grant us your peace unto the end. What do the deacons respond? And what does the congregation respond with them? As it was... So shall it be, from generation to generation, and unto the ages of all ages of men. What does that mean? As it was, so shall it be from generation to generation. What is it? What is the it in that prayer? When we say, as it was, so shall it be. What is the it here? What do you think? What is it? That just life goes on from generation to generation, people are born, people die, people are born, people die? There's a great meaning behind the it. St. Paul explained it in Hebrews 13. He says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The it is the assurance of this living hope. So when you pray this liturgy today, as you've prayed liturgies in the past, and God willing, you'll pray liturgies again in the future, you are reminded of He who stood by your ancestors and the people before us and will stand by your children and the people after us is the same yesterday, Today and forever, he does not change. His love is, is a reality. It's a living hope proven by the resurrection of the dead. So St. Paul leaves us with this today. Let's think about it together as we pray the rest of the liturgy. Let us hold fast. Hold on tight to this hope. The confession of our hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Don't meander in your faith. For he who promised is faithful. And there are many who have believed this and have taken it who did not yet have the Holy Spirit. Like a Canaanite woman whose daughter was demon-possessed, 
like a man who had an epileptic son, like a centurion who cared for his servant. And the Lord marveled at these people's faith, greater than the faith that was in Israel at the time. He wants us to have that kind of faith. The faith of the centurion, the faith of the Canaanite woman, the faith of the man with an epileptic son, the faith that persists and says, Lord, regardless of what happens, I know who you are. That's why St. Paul says at the end of his Second Timothy letter, the last one he wrote before his death, he says, I know in whom I have believed. I know. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. This is how the work of the Holy Spirit is ignited in the body of Christ. When I care for my salvation and the salvation of the person sitting next to me, the person sitting behind me, the person sitting on my left, the person sitting on my right, whether I know them or not. Like when you're standing there praying, pray for the people around you. You may not know everyone in the church. That doesn't matter. You are united in Christ. When we commune together, we are receiving Christ. We are united in Him. We ought to pray for each other's salvation. Stir up love and good works by this attitude, by this approach towards His body and blood, towards the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and in the life of the church. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching or drawing near. This is a promise and a reminder from the church. Consider one another and get together. That's why we pray together, not just on Sunday morning. We need to pray together all the time. There are prayer meetings that the moms have prayer meetings during the week. There's a Bible study in the middle of the week. There are other liturgies throughout the week. There are other meetings and services to serve our brothers and sisters who are homeless in the streets during the week. All this is meant to ignite and unite the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. As it was, so shall it be. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.